0: I'm Lisa Davis, and recently I was at Whole Foods, and there was a woman sampling some sauerkraut or kimchi or or a cultured type of cabbage uh, and other vegetables, and I usually steer away, even though I know I shouldn't, because they're so healthy for our guts. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take the plunge, and they were really good. There was one that had like chipotle, another one had ginger, and I thought, this is so good, and it made me think about the wonderful Jeanette Hyde, who wrote this fantastic book, The Gut Makeover. Four Weeks to Nourish Your Gut, Revolutionize Your Health, and Lose Weight. Jeanette, welcome to the show. Hello. It's so nice to have you on. I mean, we've been hearing more and more about gut health. As a matter of fact, in the introduction you write, the media have declared that there is a revolution, and that is not too strong a word, happening right now in the nutrition world. Tell us about this revolution.
1: I'm just really excited about this, and this is how I came to write the book. Uh, what has been happening is that there has been a ton of research over the past few years which has been about the microbiome. Have you heard about the microbiome? Okay so for anyone who hasn't heard Mm -hmm. about it yet this is the um, three or four pounds of gut bacteria that lives in our intestines and um, in the past it was always uh, assumed by the medical profession that this 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 bacteria was benign and not very useful to us at all it was largely ignored and then um uh, you know there was a load of research and and this has just snowballed where um the scientists have now discovered this bacteria is absolutely crucial to our health and um from where i'm standing i think this is the the biggest i mean there's trillions of bacteria in there and it's influencing our, our our mood our weight our immune system it has a lot to do with our di- digestive symptoms and from where i'm standing i think this is the the biggest thing that has hit um the 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 health world probably you know for a century or so um i think that in the 20th century we were all very sort of attached to this calories in and calories out thing to to um control our weight um i think once you start looking at the microbiome and the influence it's having on our metabolism and our hunger hormones that's just like scratching the surface then it's almost like you know if you think 500 years ago people thought the world was Flat, and then somebody said it was round. It's on that level. I think it will totally wow. change the way that we look at all food and the way that we feed ourselves for the for the rest of time from here on. And it's it's just going to get louder. And I think that if you can start to adopt some principles to really nourish your microbiome, you can really take control of some areas of your health.
0: yeah I've been doing uh, radio health radio for nine years and, I, and health media, so I know a lot about it. But boy, I learned some really interesting things in your book. Uh, one of them was you right there is a growing body of research showing that not all calories are created equal junk food sugar artificial sweeteners alcohol and meat reared on antibiotics may change the balance of bacteria in the gut and actually make us e- extract more calories from them than unprocessed foods even if the calorie counts are the same so this is like a hundred and two reason of why we need to avoid all that crap right <laughs> the list can go on forever but yes. that was fascinating
1: yeah I mean I myself, and I talk a little bit about this in the book, you know when I was younger, I did all that sort of calorie counting in and out, you know, and i i was you know I thought that you know if you know I would go out to an evening function have a have a few drinks of alcohol um a few canapes and on the way back to the station, you know, stop at McDonald's and have a hamburger because, you know, I, I I looked at the smallest hamburger they had on the menu. I wasn't having the fries and I wasn't having the the uh the soda, so I thought it was absolutely fine. But, you know, I I I was always struggling with managing my weight and then when I kind of started to see the science that was coming out about this it kind of all made sense why, you know, every time I started doing all that calorie counting stuff, you know, I'd be really so-called good for a while. But, you know, after a while, I'd then catch a cold and then I'd kind of like get really ill again. So um, I just think, I mean, if you think about the principles of the microbiome, you want to have, um, we, we, we've got these trillions of bacteria in there and we've got some of the, the, the bacteria in there, really good, helpful bacteria and some of it is, Um, bad bacteria that's not good for us and so when you eat a sort of microbiome friendly diet what you can do is you kind of nourish the good bacteria in your gut so that it really flourishes and it becomes in the the majority um, in in the gut rather than in the minority whereas if you have you know you're sort of fueling your microbiome with sugar and maybe too much alcohol and you're having uh, a very you know, monotonous uh, sure. beige-colored diet with not mm-hmm. enough diversity in it. You can be uh, feeding the bad bacteria, and the other thing is, if you if you're having antibiotics, that can be like a sledgehammer on on the good bacteria too. Oh, completely. So, so yeah, so you want to have like this stuff flourishing, and then within that, you want to have lots and lots of different types of bacteria, and so the there are sort of various ways that you can do that, and I explain that in the book.
0: Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to do your four-week plan, uh, and I want to I want you to come back because I'll let you know when I'm going to start. You know, I get so many books. There's so many plans. This one just really grabbed me because I have leaky gut and it stinks because the way it affects me is... For some reason, it, it nuts seem to be the worst thing. And that just makes me insane because there's so many great things you could do with almonds these days. And when yes. I eat nuts, I get tired. Sometimes I eat them anyway because I just can't yes. resist. Um, so that's how it affects me. I also notice when I eat a mostly paleo and some Mediterranean, I feel better. You know, like if I'm going to have some a little bit of grass-fed organic meat and a big salad and a yam and some avocado... I'm not going to have any food hangover. I'm going to feel fantastic. But if I'm going to have a bunch of nuts and then some pizza and something else highly processed and junky, then I'm going to feel crappy. And and so – I kind of stay on the straight and narrow more in terms of, like, the junk food. Not I'm not counting the nuts. But, you know, and then yeah. I feel better Whereas some people don't notice that they're really feeling kind of crappy until they take a step back. And they're like, oh, wow, I don't have to yeah. be
1: foggy-headed all the time, right? Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And that's one thing I really invite you to do on this plan is to start listening to your gut. So as you've just described, I mean, that's another thing we can – there's no – one perfect diet that fits the whole population that's what you have to realize is that we're all individually different and you know nuts might be really healthy for one person and for somebody else they might give them a terrible flatulence or bloating problem or you know make them feel foggy headed or whatever so i really encourage you on this plan i mean i give you some general principles but i also encourage you to really, really take notice of, you know, after you've eaten something, how it's making you feel. And if it gets say, you know, supposedly healthy nuts, which for a lot of people are okay, but if they're not, for you take them out because, you know, you, you need to tailor your diet to your particular gut.
0: Exactly. Now, I mentioned the paleo and the Mediterranean. Would you say yours is sort of a mix?
1: I would actually, yes. Um, uh, the, the thing is that I... Um, uh, yeah, so there's, it, for all four weeks, you you are I encourage you to have, you know, a decent piece of protein with each meal because that will make you feel full up. But also to have just so many plants that you know they're they're coming out of your ears practically. <laughs> so you know, load up on this stuff. Don't hold back on the portion control. You know, chew your food thoroughly. But you know, it's about this diversity. I say try and get it. You know, if you can, thirty different types of you know vegetables, wow. um, uh, fresh herbs. Uh, maybe you know a couple of pieces of fruit each day um, and have stuff with all the fiber and all the color because in the color that 's got all these polyphenols in it, which. Feed good bacteria in the gut, so that's where the Mediterranean diet comes oh, okay. in. Because what I love about the Mediterranean diet is the default oil is extra virgin olive oil. What's that full of? That's full of polyphenols, which feed this good bacteria in the gut, and it's also got you know you know this diversity thing. So you know like your trays of Mediterranean chopped vegetables, you know your courgettes, your peppers you know eggplants you know i should have said zucchini there shouldn't i but um onions you know you sort of drizzle your olive oil over the top and you put some herbs on top you can use dried herbs as well and you put it in the oven for half an hour um and uh, oh the other big thing that i've put in here which is you know not not very paleo is it is and it's more sort of european i would say well the, uh, I've, I've, I've put in there a german potato salad because when you have um potatoes uh, and they cool down when they're cold, they form something called resistant starch. And this is a type of fiber that is like a gourmet food for your gut bacteria. So, really? we, you know, yeah, potatoes have been quite demonized, I think, yeah, over the have. past few years. And, you know, the thing is, I love potatoes personally. You <laughs> too. And I just, I'm glad to hear so, that. <laughs> so, so, you know, a German potato salad, and I my mother in law is German, by the way, so, I've, you know, uh got the influence from her on this one. But you you make a vinaigrette dressing, again, sort of a, more of a Mediterranean dressing, which is, you know, the extra virgin olive oil. You've got a uh, vinegar of your choice. You might have, you know, a bit of French mustard in there, some sea salt. You put a bit of chicken stock, you know, if you've made your own and you've got some in the fridge. You know, the, the one that's quite jellyfied, so, you know, it's got lots of collagen in there, which is good for your gut lining. And you give it a little mix, and then you pour it over the cold sliced potatoes and you let it really soak in and it, and it tastes delicious and you can put it in your packed lunch the next day and you come home from work you know you can make a big load and in it, in it's there just to keep life interesting
0: oh that sounds so great well you know I I opened the show by talking about cultured foods and fermented foods and how important they are and I've been eating a little bowl every day even though I'm still not used to like the tanginess of it and the it's a, yes. you know it's a very strong flavor but I have to say I have been feeling really good and I'm really proud of myself so I think if you just get yourself to eat it although my husband loves it and he makes kimchi yes. with eggs and oh my god the whole house smells to high heaven oh um,
1: lovely <laughs> yes
0: yeah my 12 year old daughter is not happy daddy I can't eat near what have you done but we remind her that it's very healthy and it's good for dad Um, but anyway so talk to us about the cultured foods and why they're so important
1: yeah and this is the thing Um, I work it with clients um, day in day out day out on on a one-on-one basis and often people come to see me and they one of their opening questions is quite often like what what probiotic pills can you give me for my gut and and they're often surprised that I say to them we're going to try to use Real food for this. That's where I see, in my experience, the um, the best results. And also, um, the research is looking very good on food. Um, so, if you start looking at the research, there's um, with a lot of the pills, it's a bit hit and miss. Which ones are are, are getting the um, the bacteria all the way down to the colon, uh, you know, and make surviving through the stomach acid. Um, the thing that I like is for instance I like kefir very much, which is for people who don't know it's fermented milk kefir. Um but you can if you tolerate milk all right, that is. But it's um you but you can also it can, you can also use these grains and it can be made you can have water water kefir and there's coconut kefir. There's various ones around that you can buy, but I like using kefir because it's got tens of billions of bacteria in each serving so when you get into these high numbers there's a really good chance of the surviving to the colon and the second thing is I saw a piece of Italian research the other day about kefir where a group of people in Italy were put on um, they were just asked to have a small serving of kefir every morning for one month and then their stall um, results were looked at and um, to see you know sort of how, how, how much you know these prebiotics were getting through the colon, and um, they were having fantastic survival rates all the way through. So, um, so it's not just sort of looking at research about the real food, but also what I see in terms of people getting better when I work with them on the real food. So. Um, you know, and also I think with real food, it's something that you can do sustainably for the long term. You know, you don't have to worry, oh, have I brought those pills? Have I put them in the fridge? You can sort of eat this stuff and hopefully enjoy yourself as well, like you with your sauerkraut. You could yes. be forking a, a, just a tablespoon every day over um, a nice mixed salad that you've made. Um, or, you know, having a bit on the side that some people might like to use fermented um, miso um, you know just wait you've made a stir fry you can um, put, put a bit stir a bit through the stir fry when you've switched off the uh, flame on the cooker just at the end because you don't want to kill all the bacteria in the miso
0: yeah I completely agree so we want to be eating it getting it from the food but what if your child just can't tolerate it or they won't eat it what are there a, are there any probiotics that you'd recommend or even for adults
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I do, in in the UK, there is a a very sort of strong, uh, well-researched liquid probiotic that I sometimes use specifically for things like when I, you know, recently I was working with a child who didn't like vegetables and didn't like fermented food. So, yeah, we used that for three months. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a short-term intervention and sometimes, um, yeah, that's worth looking at.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, Now, you know, when you're doing the plan, let's talk about each step because you've got four steps to the plan and you you have great names. So tell us about the first step in the uh, four week, excuse me, week gut makeover. That's repair. That's the first phase, I should say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically it's a four week plan and um, it's in two stages. So the first two weeks, I, I sort of encourage you to remove from the diet, some of the stuff that isn't maybe sort of boosting your gut and helping it that much and sort of loading into the diet all the right stuff. So I encourage you to have three hearty meals a day um, starting with because you've got to get a lot of portions of vegetables in every day so you kind of need to start. This is not a deprivation diet by the way. So this, if you enjoy eating and you like food I'm hoping that you're going to be enjoying the food a lot. Um, so you might start off in the morning with, uh, you know, breakfast. Some people don't have much appetite at breakfast, um, but, but but if you, you do, you can have quite a bit of food. And if you don't have much appetite, you can just have the small things. So you could start with, um, for instance, a shake that you make in a blender. You could put into there some almond milk, hopefully one that doesn't have all the carrageenan and all the soapy stabilizers and things well, in it. Well, talk them. to, to us about
0: the- those for a minute because… Yeah. That's something that seems so hard to get away from. I mean, I get almond milk for my family. I do a coconut milk beverage. I have never found one that doesn't have those things in them. Talk to us about that, and, and I guess we should be making our own.
1: Yeah, with the almond milk, I, I mean, I, I went in the Whole Foods um, just yesterday and I, I did see one that was just um, oh, almond, salt and water or something. So, oh, yeah, okay. they, I, I, so I would encourage you just to keep looking at the labels and having a look around. Um, the other thing is some people do make their own. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm assuming with my book that most people have not got time to make their own. So I tried to, you know, so that, that's the almond milk. Or you could just sort of make a, 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 with the almond milk, you could throw in, if you're not intolerant to them, some Ormonds you could, or flax seeds would be quite good because flax seeds uh, contain these um, a, a particular type of fibre that feeds the good bacteria, and then they produce a fuel which helps to mend a leaky gut. Do you oh. see what I mean? How complex this whole is. But you, in yes. terms of you just looking at your blender and you've got a minute to make something before you go to work, you could just put, so, you know, a good quality almond milk in there you could put a tablespoonful of flax seeds in there and then you could have like a handful of uh, frozen berries i quite often use frozen berries they're miles cheaper than the fresh ones and they have still got all the colour and the fibre in them they quite refreshing if you just throw them in the blender and then you might put in a little bit of fresh ginger if you like fresh ginger and that's anti-inflammatory. Zoom it all up um, and you know you can drink that and off off you go and hopefully that keeps you going four and a half to five hours to lunchtime. Some people will need more food than that so in which case you might have a couple of eggs and you might then start be using this as an opportunity to get load up on more vegetables so you might sort of wilt a bit of spinach you might have some tomatoes you might have some uh, mushrooms that you've uh, stir fried in a bit of olive oil do you get the picture yes. <laughs> okay and then and then you go um but for, for lunches i generally recommend that people if they can try and make double quantities of whatever they're having the night before and then sort of take you know with them for the lunch the next day the leftovers it's just once you get into that habit, it's. It, it can just mean, again, if you're going to work that, you've got control over, you know, food accessibility and all the rest of it. And in the evening, uh, again, sort of protein with loads of plants. I like really encourage people, if they possibly can, to do the, the Mediterranean thing, have a three-course meal, which might sound more overwhelming than it is because, you know, in this day and age, you can go in the supermarket, you can buy um, a packet of, is it arugula, how you pronounce it in American? Uh, arugula.
0: Arugula. arugula
1: arugula yeah. salad and yes. um, you take the handful i mean again green leafy vegetables you want loads of those take a nice big handful it's lovely peppery and flavor drizzle over a bit of extra virgin olive oil a little bit of balsamic vinegar a little bit of sea salt and that's one whole portion down you that's the starter and it hopefully takes the edge off your hunger you then get onto your main course it could be you know you know it could be your german potato salad it could be more, um, you know, the Mediterranean roast vegetables on the side. You might have a bit of roast chicken or some uh, fish or, um, you know, or some eggs, whatever sort of protein you're interested in. And then, <laughs> marathon, I'm almost there, then you get to your, your dessert. And again, you might have something like, um, you know, Uh, half a you might have a piece of pineapple for instance Mm -hmm. if you tolerate it okay it's sliced or you can even buy those ready chopped up in the supermarket in the fresh section i know it's a bit more expensive doing that way but if you haven't got much time and the pineapple um, contains all these uh, natural enzymes that help break down the food so they get you know so hopefully that meal's getting digested i do encourage you to chew really thoroughly this is very important so that you know that that the food's fully digested by the time it reaches the microbiome you don't want undigested particles of food getting there and then uh, you know you can get into some the bacteria getting out of balance and getting bloating so um but that's your whole that's a typical day um and that's uh, great (laughs) yeah and then but the the interesting thing is people are losing weight this way and i mean on average because I've worked with many people doing it now. I'd say very average is about eight pounds weight loss in one month. Oh, wow. So it's, so it's, so it's not a crash diet or anything. No, it's, it's perfect. It's
0: two pounds per week. One to two pounds per week is healthy
1: weight yeah. loss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the insur- I mean, some people have, have contacted me who lost double that amount of weight. Oh, That's wow. interesting too. So that it really, really does, you know, vary from person to person. I guess it depends on, you know, what readjustments are happening in your microbiome. But um, it, the, the thing that is, is most interesting for me, and it has been just the, the all the other um, improvements in health that people see, um, you know, the things that a lot of the time people think you must have to take a pill to resolve that particular issue. Um, but, you know, especially a lot of the digestive issues where, um, you know, people are taking antacids and things like that. And people have got in touch with me and said, like, after four or five days, they've been you know, their heartburn they've had 10 years has gone. It it has has been incredible. But it... I've also been working with uh, St Mary's University in um, London uh, uh, with their psychology department and we've been sort of tracking um, results, you know, on a a symptoms questionnaire with people before and after and what we've seen there is sort of dramatic improvements not only in the digestive um, issues but also in people's mood, memory and cognition and all that kind of stuff as well. So it seems to be that you see dramatic improvements in the digestive issues and then you see improved in uh, the mind as well you know I'm wondering too in
0: terms of leaky gut have you heard from folks who after doing your program are able to add maybe some whole grains that maybe they were intolerant to or some nuts or other things and have said you know what I'm actually able to tolerate this better um, that's, that's yeah. what I'm hoping
1: <laughs> well okay so or is that too but, soon but, of a time I no no I, <laughs> I, I, I would in my experience leaky gut takes a few months if you but it also does depend how extensive the leaky gut is i mean in some people they have a very extensively leaky gut and some people it's just a little bit and so it will depend from person to person so it the thing is as well in that this plan is you take out of the diet all the sugar you take out all these sort of you know the wheat and all these sort of beige colored grains because you're loading in with all this color and fiber instead um but yes some people, do they put them back in after a month? Well, it, it depends from person to person where um, you you can find, you know, the thing is after a month, I do encourage you to start putting grains back in and things like that. Oh, good. Uh, but but I, what I encourage you to do is to keep a food and symptom diary oh, yes. and, 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 and track your symptoms and see, and, and people have come back to me with some incredible things that they've discovered at that point where one woman had had heartburn for um 10 years and when she well actually this was halfway through the program she some of the heartburn came back and I said keep a food and symptom diary and she did and she actually found out that chicken was the trigger for this this heartburn i mean she would you know, i mean it was quite revolutionary for her. yeah but i'm just using that as an example just sure. to, to show you that everybody's so individually different and it's just about really listening um to your to your gut um, but yeah, removing stuff and reintroducing can be a very good thing to do.
0: Wow, see that is fascinating, and that's something that I would not have thought about, right? I mean, I think you, you think of like the corn, the soy, the dairy, the wheat, the yeah, and all that kind of thing. So that that must have been huge for her, you know? It was
1: massive. We 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 just couldn't believe it actually, because <laughs> I, I mean, I had never come across that before. But what it taught me was that it is everybody is so individually different.
0: Exactly. That is so true. Let's jump into some of these recipes. Okay, so you've got liquid breakfast. You have something called the green. Is this called, is this gunge? Is that how you say that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have to say I was slightly kind of um, being a bit, uh, it's the word, ir- ir- irreverent about, sure. like you know, it. all the you know all the kind <laughs> of the, the holier than thou and the green juice and, you know, the whole thing. It's like, okay, at the end of the day, it's just a whole load of, Screen guns, that's what it looks like, sure. too, I think so. But at the same <laughs> time, it's, it, it, you know, so I'm just, but I, I want people to find this accessible that it's not sort of so sort of holier and now that they can't I, I just want this to be really practical I've tried to fill the book with stuff that you can get and generally get in a regular supermarket um, and again with that that gunge it's about you know having a blender getting a handful of spinach you know um, uh, putting a whole lot of peeled orange in there because by the way you want all the fibre and the colour from the orange you know you don't oh, want to be juicing it no. and then just having the sugar and not that fibre the piss is the most important bit that's the food for your good bacteria and then you put in some nuts and, you know, you could put in, you know, whatever else you you fancy with some water and, you know, and then in the blender and then you've got that thing and that's, you're ready to go.
0: And then for lunches and dinners, you have this wonderful chicory and apple salad. I didn't
1: even know what chicory
0: was. I, I didn't even realize that it's a slightly bitter vegetable. I don't even think I've seen it before.
1: Um, It's, it's in the supermarket. It, it looks like a small sort of, you know, leafy you can get them in a purpley colour and you can get them in the sort of greeny-whitey colour. But what's brilliant about them is they've got prebiotic fibres in them. So... They're, they're like a, like a superfood for sort of feeding the bacteria in the gut. So that, and the other thing about them is they are slightly bitter. So if you have, you know, I said, you know, if you can make yourself that three-course meal, be, be a bit ritualistic about it in the evening, you can sort of chop up one of those quite quickly. And they're bitter. So when you eat something bitter at the start of a meal, it, um, it triggers the release of the stomach acid quite well in the stomach. So it will help you break down that meal better. Um, And then, you know, prebiotics, I have a list in the
0: book. You have some great stir fries in here. I mean, there's some really fabulous recipes. Uh, One of the ones I thought was interesting was a warm chicken salad. I've never heard of that before.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just that you uh, stir fry a little bit of sort of onion and... um, in olive oil and you splash in your vinegar and then you pour that over the salad I just I find it tastes really nice a lot of these recipes I mean there's 50 recipes in there and people I keep hearing time and time again people say to me my god I didn't really um I was so surprised that the recipes were so delicious and um so um you know I love it when people say that because these recipes a lot of them are my style of cooking that I have just you know, honed over several years. I've got a family that I've been feeding. I also have traveled a lot back and forth to places like Spain. My sister-in-law is Chinese. I have spent some time in South America. And it's basically a culmination of lots of dishes that I've learned over the years and I've enjoyed. And I I really like eating food. You know, I, I enjoy the experience. So I hope that people will have a good experience.
0: Well, I think it. you're wonderful. Again, the book is called The Gut Makeover, Four Weeks to Nourish Your Gut, Revolutionize Your Health, and Lose Weight. Jeanette Hyde. Jeanette, tell us all the ways we can learn more about you and your fantastic book.
1: Um, well, it's in all the major bookshops uh, across the the uh, state, Barnes & Noble, apparently have got a lot in. Uh, we, it, it's on you know, Amazon, as usual, and uh, you can also get it from Bloomsbury, who's the publisher, um, from, from our website. And if you go on my Facebook page, um, there is actually uh, an offer of 30% off um, if you just follow the link on there.
0: Well, I want to thank you again, Jeanette. This has been fantastic. Loved having you on the show.
1: Thank you.